Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to me on Kristen Baker Psychic Hour. Okay, well, we are waiting for some callers. 914-338-0164 is the number to reach us today. And we ask that you do press 1 to speak with us. Hopefully, we'll be hearing from some of you. We also invite you to join us on Facebook and on Twitter. Those accounts are linked on our blog, Talk Radio profile, Neil and Kristen Baker Psychic, where you may follow us as well. So, where were we? Last time we were talking, I think, was on a week ago Wednesday, because we had so many callers on Friday, and then um, kind of got interrupted in the middle of our discussion. Not interrupted, it's the wrong terminology to use, but we had to take some calls, so we were unable to finish. Weren't we talking about the beginning of the year, or what 2022 means, essentially, and, you know, numerologically, the importance of 22 or the lack thereof. <laughs> yeah. It, I, I got to say something. Well, well I, something to say. A lot of psychics and interpreters will state the year as a whole, what we ought yes. to expect, when that's not really how it should be applied. It should be applied to your individual birth date, how old you are, what's, and then what will happen to you individually that year. It's not going to be the same for every person. One person may kick the bucket and then when may win the lottery. It, it doesn't, it, you can't do, look at it. You make way. it a, a generalization. You make a generalization from these people who are saying, well, 2022 will bring this for you. And it's a year to look up. There's a lot of both. No, it's actually, I'm sorry, you're incorrect. It's the year of hope, according to numerologists. No, no I'm not kidding. A Facebook, so there was a post on Facebook in the feed that I saw and it says numerologists say 2022 is the year for hope. <laughs> I was laughing, yeah, so I, don't know I wanted to. The article well, it wasn't an article. It was like a po- it was a post from like someone we're friends with who I don't even know who the person was. But anyway, it said that, and well, I thought it was amusing considering our conversation on the air, and thought I'd mention it to you oh, here yeah. rather than don't believe off that, air. Sir. Well, I mean it's ridiculous. I mean, you don't believe us, but don't believe that no, stuff I mean, because it doesn't. It doesn't apply. You can't generalize a year as a way to look at life for that year. And that's insulting to people who have problems. You have to look at the year on an individual level with the person, not only their linear code, but how old they are. (laughs) Right. what they're going through and where they are in their energy. That's how you've got to look at it. Well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having hope, but it doesn't, you know, hope is not going to apply. Everybody in 2022 is not going to feel hopeful, 
even if they try. I mean, there's going to be people that are in despair and, 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 and you know, well, suffering whole, from, you know, I have poverty, with the whole, personal relationships. They, I mean, not to say that applying hope isn't helpful and having a positive attitude isn't helpful, but to, to make that blanket statement that 2022 is about hope, how can that apply to everybody? It's silly. Uh, and I have a problem with the word having hope. Hope is not a possession. You don't have hope. Like it's something you own. Hope doesn't come from that area. Well, I may have, may, I, well, in defense of the, yeah, I know, in defense of the post, and I may have said I'm something different. around with semantics here and expression. But we have this attitude, you know, have hope. It, hope it is not a possession. Hope, hope Well, you can have faith, too. So, I mean, you can imply it to well, any... I know. That's what I'm saying. You don't... It is a state of being. And it's not contingent on contingencies. You, and you, either, are, you either have faith... And have something you have to have. You are faithful. No, you can say you are either faithful or not. Yeah. If you, you know, hopeful or not, that means you don't have it. You're still in pursuit of it. And as though you have to own it or seek it. I am hopeful. I am. Um, you know, God didn't say, hey, listen, I plan to be your God. <laughs> it's in the works. I am thy God. So the word I am it's is, right. is, is the word. more easily applied to concepts such as hope and faith. Hope is weak. Hope, hope is like you want to turn the hot water on and only goes lukewarm. Right. That's hope. It's not hot. Faith is still existential, but it comes with an attitude that has more belief in a higher being. Hope is, yeah, hope, hope there's, there's something desperate about hope because you're yeah. not getting, you're not, you know, it's not realized. Hoping is being in a state of want. Right. And desire. And, and faith doesn't stop the ball. You know, I believe, I, I have faith. Um, all you got to do is say, I am, meaning I exist. It doesn't matter what's going on around me. The fact that I have, that I exist is all that's important. I will deal with anything that happens, but I exist. And when you have that concept, I exist, you don't have to put these flowers in faith, hope, expectation, prayer. All of these things, you just are in the element of of existing and it's not contingent your existence is not contingent on conditions of that existence hold on a sec um 519 do you want to talk with us or are you just listening press one if you want to speak with us okay yeah so uh you know it is an attitude and so when we get into that idea the first thing that god did after he created these figures of the human beings, he breathed a soul into them. So a living soul. I exist is equatable to I breathe. I breathe. Breath 
encompasses everything. You can't live without breath. If you're breathing, in essence, if you're breathing, everything's working. You can't, that's the bottom line. I exist, I breathe. These are the concepts that we don't have to elaborate and decorate our existence on based on contingencies of how we look at ourselves in terms of defining where we stand in time and space. Well, and even getting into the idea of 2022, for, for example, if a person is born in 2022, the significance of the 2022 is going to be in the birth date, obviously, on a specific side of the birth date. It's going to involve the sixth chakra broken up with three broken up twos, essentially, in a zero, but essentially three twos. Um, and hope has nothing to do with six <laughs> in terms of the the uh, the associations or what six the six chakra stands for. I mean, yeah, I guess you can be hopeful um, on a mental basis, but it's I mean, it's ridiculous well, to know, simplify so much of a number system, you know, to simplify a number system so much to say that it means hope. And you're equating that with the six chakra. That's it? Well, it, it, and it goes beyond that in terms of the uh, attitude of existence. Because let's look at this girl who was, who was dressing in the dressing room. Well, and, people uh, may not know about this. Uh, I, I mean, it made national news, I think. Made national but, news, probably. But and she was in, with her mother in the dressing room trying on Christmas dresses. No, I think it was quinceanera dresses. Well, I thought it was a Christmas dress. No, it was for quinceanera. She was oh. going to a quinceanera. Okay. But and she was hopeful. She just come to America. She had wedding. Where was she from? Colombia or Chile? Colombia or something. And everything was in good order for her. She loved America. She was looking at new beginnings. Did get her birthday. I think she wanted to be an engineer. What was her name? Valentina Um, something. And everything was going great. So she was trying on these dresses, and in the meantime, this guy with this steel uh, plate or bar was beating people on the head in the, in the store and they called the cops in and the cops actually Used. Were, was protecting some a victim and they fired at him and the bullet ricocheted and went through the door and, and killed this little girl, died in her mother's arms and was in the dressing room. She had hope. She had faith. Hope and faith is not is not the answer existence. The answer to existence is to look at every minute you're alive and to know in that minute you exist because you don't know the next minute if you will or won't. So hoping and having faith are nice principles. I'm not attacking the, the concept behind them, but I'm getting down to a deeper level of what it means to exist on the planet. And it's deeper than hope and faith. Well, and I want to comment on that because she did i mean in fact express her hope and faith in the in in the united states as opposed to her country of origin in terms of its safety and opportunity yeah and so she moved there because the father apparently said let's get out of this country and she said no this is the safest place in the world this is a place of opportunity i want to be here and pursue my my um, my dreams and look what happened. I mean, it's a very tragic see, story. I you see, so you can't location, I mean, karma. She, it, she karma. obviously, the fact that she moved is significant to from a country 
yeah. to this country Isn't at her that age. This would be safe, and she dies in a dressing room. Yeah. From a bullet. Chile. She's shade? from Chile, which obviously has its. I mean, if you think issues. that that's absurd, too absurd, then wake up, because we don't know at any given time when we may go, and it's a it's a tragic metaphor. It's a tragic example that. You know, you live in the moment, and in that moment, faith is not really going to say Faith and prayer and hope, they're all great, but they're decoration. The attitude is that what is more important than that is the sheer attitude, and I mean the deep conceptual attitude of what it means to exist in the given moment, the given moment. Now, in that given moment, you you can have faith and believe in the hereafter and that you're working your soul, you have responsibilities. You're, all of that is a part of the daily activity of life and the attitude of life. But we tend to stop the ball there because we don't take, a lot of us do not take the moment as the moment of existential credibility. And I mean existential credibility, meaning that we don't know what's going to happen in any given moment. But the credibility is that in in that given moment, we exist. And if we exist, then therefore, if we have a network of thought, everything should exist. Everything has a right to exist. The ant crawling across the sidewalk has a right to exist just as much. When you look at it that way, from the small to the large, to the mature, the sophisticated, intellectual, to basically, I mean, look at this, these three guys that got convicted of murder after they shot that uh, African-American or black runner who was jogging. And after he's bleeding in the street and dying, they turn their backs on him and, and are making crude comments. I mean, you know, can they say, well, I, uh, you know, I exist. I believe in existence. Okay, I'm living in the moment. And we don't mean to corrupt the concept because we do have corrupt human beings that will, that can ruin any potential deep thought of life and breath. But the attitude is that when you really conceptualize what existence is, you respect all forms of existence. Hard to. It is. It well, you think about order and things like well, that. Well, then you. I mean, you about all all species deserve to exist. But you know what? What happens if you have a rat in your attic eating through your walls? I mean, well, you know, it's difficult. It's challenging. It's difficult. You can trap them and put them in the wild. That's the best thing. That's the best thing. Uh, we practice varmints or whatever. We don't really have problems, but. But but we we save whatever we can, and we don't kill anything. I I don't want number one the consciousness of karma is one attitude, but the fact that things exist is another. And so I believe that everything has a right to exist. I mean, I'm not saying that you know there are there are exceptions, but basically the the attitude is that life is precious. And all forms of life are precious, you know, and, and that includes every living thing on the planet has some some meaning, some merit, uh, 
And that, that does include insects. When you talk about those men that did, d- killed that young man that was running, then we talk about their right to exist. I mean, you know, and the idea of their, I mean, they're all, I believe, sentenced to life in prison. So there's, right no, death, there's no death penalty for them. Yeah. But I mean, you know, in a way, I, I'm not saying I'm a proponent of the death penalty necessarily, but if you take a life like that, showing such disregard for someone else's right to live, and in a way, you're forfeiting your own right to exist, in my opinion, especially when you have such blatant disregard for someone's life. And they, you know, I mean, he was hunted. <laughs> he was hunted down and, and murdered in cold blood for being in a neighborhood. Yeah. And being possibly suspected. I mean, I think there was a, there was history of him entering a house that was under construction um, and there was videotape corroborating that, but he had never taken anything. He just was interested in other children and adults had been videotaped entering the property. And, you know, you know they weren't, you know, treated. In I, moved, when I moved into the track and houses were being built around me. I don't know how many houses I walked through that were under construction. Nobody was there. I walked through and looked at, looked at the floor plan and stuff like that. What was going to do? Take, I'm going to take a nail. I mean, what, was I there for the intent of stealing? Or was, you know, it, we have, it's ridiculous. We, there are certain, there, there's a certain leverage to curiosity, uh, harmless curiosity, investigating, looking, feeling. I mean, you know, it, it unless there's a sign that said no trespassing. No, well, I think there was probably, I, I think it, private property, you're not supposed to trespass, but he wasn't the only person that had gone on this property no. and checked the property out. Well, it's hardly a, a crime. It's, uh, you know, he didn't, com- you know, death. not, no. And, and on that speci- on that particular day, he was just running. He hadn't been on the property that yeah. day anyway. So, um, but they talk about the reason he was in that neighborhood and bringing up the idea of hope again, <laughs> the concept of hope. I mean, they say that, you know, him running in that neighborhood, he gave him uh, a motivation to get out of his situation. He was having, struggling with some psychological problems, I believe. I think he had um, schizoid affective disorder. And um, this, came on in his late teens. He was a football star, but then wasn't able to, uh, he wasn't able to get into the, into colleges on a football scholarship or something like that. But I think that his runs through these neighborhoods would help to, you know, motivate him. Motivate him, make him feel healthy and make him feel okay about himself. I mean, we have a right to, you know, unless it's, neighborhoods are public property. You can walk through a neighborhood. Yeah. He had a right to be in the you neighborhood. Know, unless it's gated or there's a no trespassing sign or something. But thing. his mother said, had she known he was running in that neighborhood, which she did not, he, she would have said, don't go to that neighborhood because of the fact that there is such a racial division between the neighborhoods in that particular community. And she would, I mean, she said that she would have definitely been fearing for his safety had she known or he was the same thing with the gangs, you know, if one gang member goes into another gang member's territory, they're sure he's dead. You, you know, we have this tribal attitude that everybody, even Robert Frost, good, you know, good fences make good neighbors. Well, okay, there's a sense of, 
personal property space. But when we get into the idea of community, it becomes different. If, for instance, smack in the middle of the two boundaries of the rivaling uh, income status, they have a library. Now, who's to say that only one group can go to that library? We have a sense of community property and community space that counteracts the idea of private property. So we can't claim if, if, a, if a movie theater is on one gang's property and that movie theater is the only movie theater in town, anyone is entitled to go to that movie theater. You can't segregate the population in that regard. And yet, so there are these divisions. So it's okay to go to the movie theater maybe, but God forbid you're, you're walking out of the movie theater and you have to walk through gang territory or rival territory or a big, you know, the land of bigots, you could be shot to death. So the, this idea of this dispensity, this, 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 this attitude that we dispense what we feel is justice according to territory and location is somewhat ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. So, because what happens is the mind makes adjustments. Well, yeah, you went to the theater, but, but so, okay, we can't do anything about that. But when you left the theater, you walked through our neighborhood, and that's a no-no, so we're going to shoot you. Because the mind, the mind is connected to a, to a sense of corrupt system of, of, of uh, justice or logic, according to that illogical mind. So we get into this whole idea, and you mentioned, you know, uh, yeah, he was schizophrenic. No, 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 schizoid affective disorder. He wasn't schizophrenic. So which is much, as you would know, much more mild. And he had no violent tendencies whatsoever. None. Yeah, yeah. Well. And who knows if he was diagnosed correctly anyway. Well, God forbid. You know, we don't know. He had that condition. But the bigots that killed him, Ugh. who did not have that condition, were the culprits. So go figure. Well, and it, it skits, those with schizoid affective disorder usually don't have violent tendencies yeah, anyway. Yeah. So it's not as, it, associated with that diagnosis. I mean, there are people who, who are literally homeless who walk the streets yelling at everybody, talking to themselves. And I've never seen those people hurt anyone. They usually ignore people. Some of them look at cars and shout and swear and do things. Right, but I mean, if we're talking about that, I mean, he wasn't, <laughs> there was nothing he was doing but running. He, was, he wasn't exhibiting any type of unstable uh, mental behavior. He was running through a neighborhood. The, the uh, you know, the, the real villains, the real monsters, the, their mental deterioration is something that you can't really classify in terms of medical it's, it goes into bigotry and prejudice and, and just the corruption of what it is to be a human being on the planet. But when we're talking about all this, you know, we get back to the idea of the year and what the year holds. And we can't really, don't really follow the advice that 2022 is going to be a year to look up or to have hope or it's going to be great. It's not the reality level. And it, and it, kind of puts us into a, a sense of isolation because we think, oh, okay, 
God forbid if we carry through on that thought, there'd be no social workers. We, we wouldn't need to worry about anybody because everything's looking up. Now, people say, oh, you're going too far. You're, you're not really understanding what it means. No, that's not true. It's not true because it is a corruption to assume that a year is going to hold the same thing for everybody. And as far as a year, 2022 is the year of hope. What? Any year is a year of hope. That doesn't distinguish the year because of a number system. The number system of the year has nothing to do with what's going to happen that year. Nothing. It's just a year that stands as a as a as a form of a, a, a platform upon which you can base other things regarding, you know, in 2022, you're 16 years old. Okay, so during this year, you'll probably graduate. You're blah, blah, blah. All these things are going to happen. You'll be on the football team, you know, it, but that doesn't mean that's going to be the same for everybody else. The little girl holding the doll. Oh, am I going to be on the football team too? Am I graduating? It's just, uh, I mean, it's, it just doesn't make any sense to me. But the thing, too, I think deeper than that, much deeper than that, is when you look at your life and you say, have I done everything that I planned to do? And have I spent every year, every day working towards my goals? And are my goals absolutely in, so intense that they involve not only my own ego, right. but my community? my fellow human beings, the planet, the air, the earth, the animals, impoverished people. Do I have, what have I done? And what have I also accomplished before I run out of time? Now you can adjust that to your code in your birth date and figure out in your birth date, this is what's going to be part of our book, uh, how, how far you are in your birth date when you the code and how much you have accomplished so the beginning of every year is what have I accomplished so far and what do I need to do and how much can I get done during this year? Which has nothing to do with hope and faith. It has to do with the action that we well, yeah, as I, human beings. I guess perform. I guess people hope that they get they get something done this year. <laughs> That's how you can apply hope. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know I hope I hope I'm gonna accomplish something. I mean, it's okay to, you know, well, this year I'm going to clean out my basement and I expect to, you know, do some um, house weeding and I want to plant some roses in the garden. Now, these are all okay, really important here. What's really important in terms of accomplishing? I mean, if God created you so that by the time you got up to meet God and you go, well, you know, I cleaned my basement that year. Oh, come on in. Heaven's open for you. We were expecting you. That's not what it, it, it goes deeper than that. And we have to tap this active mind that we are not passive human beings on the planet. We all have to be active human beings and and take some thought and consideration in terms of our environment, even if it's a small space taking care of your neighborhood. Yeah, you know, there was a person I saw on Instagram uh, and, you know, people put these little captions beneath their names for whatever reason. You know, it may be a biography or uh, a phrase that represents 
you know, it captures their views on the world or whatever. And someone's one person I saw had a little caption that said, do what you love and do it often. If that's the, if that encompasses existence, do what you love and do it often, then that's a pretty sad well, I don't know world what, we live in. This would be like if everybody loved masturbation, <laughs> we would never get anywhere. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, this is the thing. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, well, we you might... know what? I love people. So yeah. <laughs> go on a killing spree this year. These statements. <laughs> I mean, absurd. it's like ridiculous. I mean, uh, you know, in the rest homes, I'm sure the bathrooms would be, be using that. They have wonderful <laughs> bowel movements. God. But, uh, um, the, you know, we are sloppy. God forbid. We are so sloppy in our language and our thoughts. Yeah, I mean, if that's that what you're bringing, if that's what, you, you know, if that's the last statement you have when you leave the planet, do what you love and do it often. That's my philosophy. Yeah. I mean, that's really, well, we, I mean, I, the, the only thing that, you know, that I think of of people who pick their nose, <laughs> you know, people who spit, uh, it just, it doesn't, the, the conversation there, I mean, just doesn't make any sense. But again, um, you know, we have to look at what is really vitally important uh, in terms of how we look at ourselves as a living unit on the planet, making contributions, making changes, making effects. And it depends, too, on the, uh, how our minds have evolved throughout our lifetimes to where we are in a conscious state that we don't exist solely in our ego, that there is an extension, an altruistic, altruism is a very strong term. Yeah, but, you know, we're talking about altruism, you know, there are many altruistic people or quote unquote altruistic people, but their root that altruism is rooted in their ego. I mean, it's, it's tricky because, because to have to be altruistic in its purest sense is, is going to be, the person is going to be detached from their ego. Their ego isn't going to be driving their altruism because they want recognition for being altruistic or whatever it may be. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, I remember uh, the first time I ever heard the word. I was about seven years old, and I was an avid reader. So I was reading, I would read these nature books when I was about seven, and the word altruism was applied in the nature book, uh, utilizing the, well, it was surrounding the idea that porpoises and dolphins were altruistic because if they see one of their fellow uh, porpoise or dolphins drowning, they would all they all As group a team together and race it to the surface of the water. And 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 then in, in italics, altruism. This is called altruism. And they used the the uh, writer, the natural history book, the writer uh, used the term for an animal. And so in my concept, altruism, being a seven-year-old boy, was the, the suggestion was, well, animals are altruistic. Nothing was mentioned about humans in the book. So, so when we get into that idea that altruism 
and I don't know what the Latin root word is, but uh, maybe to be uh, other-oriented or to think outside of one's consciousness, altruism. I'm, um, it's um, alteri huic to this other Latin. Altrui, yeah, somebody that. else, French altruism. Then it morphs along the Anyway, but it you know so it does it, it does show a sense of altruism is is a form of cooperation. It's the counter counter word to you know shooting somebody because they're running through your neighborhood and taking the law into your own hands. This is interesting because in the etymology, the online etymology dictionary, it breaks up the word of alter to change something in ism anyway as the suffix. But anyway, but there's a little um, piece. It says there's a fable that when the badger had been stung all over by bees, another animal reference, a bear consoled him by a rhapsodic account of how he himself had just breakfasted on their honey. The badger replied peevishly, the stings are in my flesh and the sweetness is on your muzzle. The bear, it is said, was surprised at the badger's want of altruism. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Well, Aesop's and Abel's are notorious for um, lessons we learn from animals. This is uh, George Eliot. Theophrastus Such, 1879. Yeah. George Eliot, famous. Yeah. But, uh, so, you know, the Bible refers to what's considered the ant, consider its ways and be wise. When we look at the, uh, you know, insects are very much a part of who we are. Insects are farmers, harvesters, um, dairy, the aphids, to the aphids. Um, they also war, but they also cooperate. They're also very altruistic. They'll, they'll die saving their, their own species. So we, when we look at, especially insect societies, but... Uh, so when we get down to what we think is trivial or insignificant, we we devoid ourselves of really gaining knowledge and insight into what it is to be alive. So when we look at so now when we're looking at this year and we're determining um, what is going to be brought out in this year, I would say race as fast as you can. Do the things that are important. Don't procrastinate. Don't make excuses. Don't be lazy. Be diligent. Is what you're working helping others? Is it helping others as much as it's helping yourself? What kind of contributions are you making? Are you keeping yourself alive? Is is everything healthy within you? So those are the things that I think are very important and, and they all have their subtopics. But that, to me, it doesn't apply to 2022. It applies to any day of any year. And just because we turned a year in time, I mean, even our sense of what year it is is inaccurate. It's not 2022. That's just when we started to begin the measurement of time in history. But it has nothing to do with the real age of the planet and how long life has been here. 
So to me, the year is somewhat insignificant, except if you're applying it to numerology in someone's life and birth date and age. But as far as the universal sense of time, the year to me is totally insignificant. It means nothing. What means something to me is the way the earth breathes, how old it is, and where we are and what we're doing to this planet. That's much more important than what year it is and who's going to clean out their basement. <laughs> so, uh, you know, those are just suggestions, and I'm sure that uh, some of you will agree and some of you disagree. Well, that's your right. I don't care. But that's where we stand in terms of the energy of uh, of what it means to, to face the day and, or to face the year. But, you know, you, you're saying, well, 20, 22 is a six. It's a six, but there's also that 22 factor, which is an 11 yeah. twice. Yeah. I mean, you know. I mean, you know, we could play with the numbers. It's just so limited in, in terms of how we can apply it to much deeper uh, thoughts. Than, than just what this year is going to hold. We we seem to be comfortable with these contrite notions of existence that makes us comfortable. You know, uh, love is a warm, fuzzy balloon or whatever. Blanket. Blanket. <laughs> I knew it started with B. Now, B is the second letter of the alphabet, so that's a number two. But, uh, you know... Um, I, I, I'm always amused at re- reading peanuts. I read peanuts every day. Um, because Charles Schultz was able to take very simple things and then elaborate them on a more universal level. So his comic not only was so somewhat child-oriented in terms of the gang, the peanuts gang, but it was a universal, it, it, it brought on a universal attitude of, of, of existence. Are they still, I mean, the comic, the Peanuts comic strip, is. are they just repeating old comic strips, publishing old they're, comic strips, or they, they've developed? They're they, doing both. They're, they're, they're doing old comic strips, and they're modernizing the attitude of life oh, in their new comic strip. By interesting. Still using, I mean, Dennis de Menace does it, too. Well, but do they have a new illustrator? Or are they using no, they his just, illustrations? They just have people that know how to draw. The, you know, the, they well, just have people that know how well, to draw. Well, that's what I'm asking. The so same. they're not, they're, they're, they're new cartoons by cartoonists that aren't Charles Schultz, essentially. And some of them are repeats, and some of them are, uh, are, are conceptualized in more modern terms. Demi Dennis and Menace, when I'll talk about cell phones. Really? And, uh, you know, that wasn't the, how Cutchin wasn't, that wasn't, uh, Obviously, cell phones weren't around in his time. And, you know, Dennis de Menace was, he, he, his jokes were more, they were more individualized jokes. And, and you could look at them and chuckle and say, well, isn't that what life is all about? But, but Peanuts took, Peanuts, the philosophy, you know, Snoop, the, it took on philosophy. It took on worldviews. It took on the concept of existence. You know, Linus was also the right. spokesman for existence. Um, and everyone had, there were archetypes, archetypes that were, everybody had their placement. And you can expect uh, how 
how that comic strip revolutionized the idea of comics. And it just wasn't, you know, it wasn't like um, Flash Gordon or Superman, just, you know, a, a, a living form from another planet or some superhuman power. And so you brought in existential existence and stuff like that. Venus was, uh, was the comic strip that broke through the boundaries and really, really applied to something deeper. As, as opposed to some of the either single frame captions or, 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 you know, a row of three or four columns like Blondie or Dagwood or uh, things like that, that kind of demonstrated what life, family life was like, and it was funny and humorous, and, but it didn't penetrate as deeply as, deeply as, as, as Penis, Penis did. So he was quite, quite uh, renowned in terms of his philosophy and thought. Um, but so when we get into the idea, the same thing applies to numerology. We can apply numerology on a very personal level, which was what we implied at the beginning. But we're also suggesting that numerology takes on a general higher concept. And it's not just what the year holds. It, numerology are numbers that, that are instinctual. Interestingly. They, they come from the... They come from some primitive element of the brain. Interestingly, he would have been 100 this year. He was born in 1922. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. Yeah. To interrupt. Mm-hmm. But he, he was really, you know, he was actually quite reclusive. He was not, um, yeah. he was not a friendly guy in public. No. I know that for a fact. Yeah. Yeah. Not didn't want to, um, you know, socialize with his fans and things well, like yeah. that. I mean, we were just discovering that John Lennon was not the loving human being. Watch, I'm did. surprised you didn't know that already. But anyway, well, you know, I, I, I knew that you brought it up to my attention, but I, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you were more aware of oh, what was going on with his life. I mean, I wasn't even alive yeah. for much of that time, so. But, no, I don't you know, have that historical. Almost disowned Julian. He said he came. He was born out of a bottle, a whiskey bottle, Ugh. and uh, he didn't really put him in his will, except for maybe a hundred thousand dollars. And he was very violent, according to remarks towards women. Towards women. And a serial. I mean, he had many, many affairs. He had many affairs. He put down handicapped people, made fun of them. <laughs> That's um, great. Sounds like his name should have been Don Rickles. <laughs> Actually, Don Rickles was a very sensitive guy in spite of his demeanor, his persona on the stage. Um, just like Jack Benny was very generous, but, he, you know. Yeah, he had a running joke about him being cheap. Yeah, he had a running joke about him being cheap. And, uh, but, you know, he played on those things. And uh, so, you know, our persona is what we present. Is not a, is just the surface attitude. A year is just a, a, a sort of persona of something much deeper. Numerology is just a persona for something much more deeply rooted. I mean, the idea that our number system is instinctual and formulated into symbols, but the way we counted in some sects and SECTS and uh, civilizations was based upon the finger and then the ditches in the finger and that kind of thing and 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 we looked at the thumb as the first and then four fingers thereafter 
and we had five as the general count on one hand, but then each finger is segmented into three sections. So you actually have 15, 15. Set sections on a, on a hand. And that was our primitive way of counting. You could count, you could show a finger and point to a segment of that finger. Oh, I still count that way. And you, you know, you could get at least get up to 15. Um, That's as far as I get with counting. 15. 15, yeah. Can't get any higher unless I use my toes. And, right. <laughs> right. And you have eight toes on each on toe. Not too many people know that, that you have eight, eight toes on each foot. I have three toes. <laughs> okay. But the idea that um, the way we count and the number system is instinctual. Now, when we apply that, there is some sense to applying that to the attitude of how we count in terms of the heavens. Not so much the orbit, but the sun and the moon. The time that the moon rises and falls and the time that the sun rises and falls. And how we were able to look at any given time at the orbit of the sun or the moon and determine exactly what time it was. We didn't need clocks. We just needed, God forbid it was a cloudy day, but sometimes more talented people could just absorb the energy of the day and keep our clocks were embedded in our mind. They were in our soul and our cells. We knew exactly what time it was. Animals will know the time. They'll know, they, animals know exactly when they're coming home, when they wake up, when they need to be fed. I have not seen yet an animal wearing a watch or looking at a clock and then asking somebody for dinner. They go by the, by the feel, the feeling instinct of the movement of time. Just as we have to go by the feeling instinct in, of the movement of life in terms of what we do on this planet. It's all interdependent on our instincts. That's where it starts. Well, aren't you, I mean, I feel per, on a personal level, I can, I, without looking at a clock, know what the time is. And usually I'm pretty accurate yeah. if I then look at a clock. I, you know, so. Right. Yeah. As, yeah. You know, as individuals, we can attune ourselves to the time. Right. Yeah. Rather so than relying. I can basically know by within five minutes what time it is. It, but, you know, but, that, but you're aware. You become aware of the sense of the movement of life. And that becomes very important because, um, you know, you go on Facebook. Well, every morning at 8 o'clock, this wild fox comes to my door and wants food. Every morning at 8. This lady was saying this. Well, how did the, what, the fox go into the clock? The fox knows. Well, the, the animals are very routine. They like structure. I mean, they yeah. are they are attuned to structure. Because it's, structure gives gives an animal a sense of security. security. Because anything that obscures the structure can be disruptive. If a cat has the layout of a room, and you move try something. this test, move it, the cat will suddenly look at what you moved if you didn't if they didn't see you move it. Go up very cautiously and smell it to first identify that it's the same object that they're familiar with, but why the hell did it move? 
you know, and then they have to adjust to the movement. So you can really mess up a, you know, we did it. You could also do a test where you put a blanket over <laughs> yourself and then you you hide behind the blanket. And drop the blanket. And then drop the blanket. The blanket, but disappear into a different area. So when the blanket drops, there's nothing there when you yeah, were there previously. There. So whatever animal that you have at home, whether it's a dog or a cat, you can try this test out and see it if they react and the animals freak out but on the internet <laughs> uh one dog was very smart and the guy was hiding in leaves and the dog went over and peed on the leaves and was laughing uh, you can't always trick an animal but the idea you know well you would that, think too the smell i mean the the, the dog would smell the the, the, smells the owner in the and the leaves. They can't see them, so they don't know where they went. Well, I mean, you would follow the scent, though, right? I mean, yeah. it, that's why they say if your if your dog if your dog is missing, to it's put out, advisable not to go searching, searching for, your for dog the dog over because they, the dog this, smells you all over right. the place and gets confused you know, I was as to where you are. Reading about this um, uh, woman in the Sierras who's who saves dogs and she does it all on a volunteer basis. In fact, she's almost homeless and for, unfortunately, but be, you know, these fires that occurred this year resulted in many missing animals, pets, and she's been very successful in, in finding them and, and asks that the owners or the parents of the pets cooperate fully with her method of finding these animals. And sometimes they don't do it. Um, for example, this dog was missing and there was a, there was an encounter um, that oh, the parents of the dog saw the dog, but because the dog was in fight, fight flight mode, um, they, the dog will not recognize yeah, the the, the owner. The owner, and eventually the the family was reunited with this dog. But even in the kennel, the dog didn't recognize them until until the dog smelled them, them, and then was able to reconnect. Yeah. So finding you know lost animals can be very tricky because of that. So you know how does this all connect? Well, I think it connects to something that is deep within us. There's a deeper sense of the pure reality of existence that is deeper than any comment, phrase, idiom, whatever you may apply to what you think existence is. There's something that's indescribable about our lives, our breath, our existence that can't be put into words. We, 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 we try to convey it through instinct. It, it's not learned. It's our instinct. But where does really instinct come from? You know, the dust of creation? Is it something that came from another planet, another world? Is it something that God put it? Is it in the dust of the earth? And, and part of that form? Of and I'm energy? feeling the need for an air filter with all this dust yeah. talk. Well, purifying the attitude of purifying our thoughts so that we get rid of all the garbage and we get down to the essence of what life is. You know, there's a story uh, that John Lennon tells of how he met, you know, uh, Uno, uh, what's her name? Yoko oh, Ono? You know, you know. We, John yeah, Lennon, Yoko yeah. Ono. Yoko Ono. 
he went, she had an exhibit and uh, she had an art exhibit. And one of the art, one of the, one of the exhibits was that you climb this ladder and look in this telescope and you get to the top of the ladder. So John Lennon, according to this story, climbed the ladder, looked in the telescope and saw the word, into the telescope lens, saw the word yes, Y-E-S. And he fell in love with her. I mean, that's what I read. I don't know if it's true or not, but that's what I read. But the idea of the simplicity of, of energy, of life, is no more than a single word, whether it's yes or exist. I am, I exist. God, whatever it may be, it, we can apply it down to one word until now we have the sounds of silence and we don't say anything, but we know we exist in that silent moment. What were you going to say? Nothing. Oh. I'll show him something for after the show. Oh. Just the wording of something I saw online made oh. me laugh. So, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're just about out of time. We are just about out of time. Our listeners were so captivated that they didn't want to interrupt our <laughs> conversation. So yeah. we were able to exhaust the time with a lot of... It was exhaustive. Uh, yeah. ...wordage. Verbage. Which... Uh, amounts to nothing, as in Shakespeare's terms. But, um, so words will hopefully explain the simplicity of what we're trying to get across. And... uh, Have hope. Have hope. Have hope. And you're better off if your name is Bob. (laughs) Uh, He lived to be 95. Ninety more than that, I think. Ninety-eight. He was an interesting character. That's another, another topic. Yeah, another guy. That wasn't his real name. No. Wasn't his real name. But uh, again, he goes way back in time. In fact, was teamed for a while with uh, Jack Benny. Well, yeah, but he had. I mean, he was very dark. Bob Hope was major. Yeah. Major, but we don't have time to talk about that today, and probably yeah, isn't really inappropriate. Life conversation for the show anyway. Well, you know, Hitler patted dogs, too. So, uh, you never know. No, he was a vegetarian. And he was a vegetarian. Go figure. But, um, anyway, so we will, uh, this is our 981 shows. Oh, interesting. 981. Yeah. That's that's significant. But, uh, because you are 981 years old. That's right. (laughs) Uh, Methuselah. Methuselah, yes. And uh, so, uh, and I knew her well. But, you know, I'm just <laughs> her now. Um, well, we are, as usual, back on the air in a couple of days, Friday, at our regular time, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern. And we hope some of you join us then. Bye.